Hey everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna with another fine minicast. This is exciting, guys. This week, a new voice enters the ring. Um, an old-time friend, BotCon, and online friend, and in real life friend, once a year, when we can make it happen. I'm going to bring on my old friend Ant. Now, Ant, you may know more for the work that this man has done. He is the founder and the uh, proprietor, I guess, of tfu.info, which, as you guys may know, is the um, the grand repository for all things Transformers toys. If you find a random foot or gun in the bottom of your toy chest, you have no idea who it goes to, tfu.info is where to go. Um, so without further delay, Ant, do you want me to just call you Ant? Yeah, Ant's fine. Yeah. Um, Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, says the internet back. Um, Ant, you and I go way, way, way back. I think you're one of my original BotCon friends and Ouija friends. We've probably known each other since, what, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, that kind of thing? I would say late 90s. What was your first, your first BotCon was what? It was uh, like 98 or 99, something like that. Which city? Uh, it's, it's got, honestly, it's gotten to the point where I have to like wiki it. <laughs> there have been so many years and so many like grown up things happened since then. It was in like the Midwest. It was one of the Midwest. Uh, okay, it was probably one of the Fort Wayne ones. Yes. I, I mean, I, I was going to buy, I mean, with the exception of a last four or five years where I've only been to one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, to, I went to every BotCon from 99 to I think 2013, 2011, 2011 was the last I was. So <laughs> that's a good, strong run, man. Yeah, yeah, from it was St. Paul, and uh, I missed my chance at Rochester, and I missed my chance at the first at the Anaheim in '98, and mm-hmm. uh, so there was. But I so I've been part of the fandom since '97. So yes, we probably go way, way, way back. Yes, back to like, uh, well, chat rooms and uh, message boards and stuff like that. So ATT. not the cool ones. Yeah, ATT, uh, the marketplace, and uh, what was the other one? It wasn't ATT or it wasn't the marketplace. It was the third one, the Rec. It was Rec RTT. Yeah. Rec.toys.transformers moderated. Man. RTTM. That was more sophisticated, I guess, right? Because it was moderated? Uh, it was to keep the trolls away. Okay. So no Brian Kilby. No, no. And then there was also ATTCM, which was the uh, Boohoo We Hate Beast Wars Club. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you guys were on the wrong side of history. Let the record show, for yeah. sure. Um, so, so let's actually talk a little bit. You know, Now that you mentioned BotCon, I can't resist. Before, oh. we get, before we get to the site, I can't resist. We're jumping I, I, right in. I never do this. Okay. I can't resist. But BotCon's changed quite a bit. Um, yes, it has. Over the years, over the decades almost. Um, let me just throw it out there. What are your thoughts on the evolution of BotCon? And as you say, like in the last five years or so, you know, you haven't made it like a destination or a must-go for you. Um, what do you think? I mean, how, about the twists and turns. What do you think it's about how BotCon has evolved and what it's become? Uh, well, it's a combination of things. Um, it's certainly a combination of BotCon not necessarily evolving, but pretty much staying the same, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. fandom itself evolving around it. Mm-hmm. So there's more options. There's other conventions. There's uh, Hasbro spreading itself out to other venues as far as news goes and putting and you know giving... They give you a first look at a few things at BotCon, but it used to be you got a first look at everything at mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've been pretty vocal that I, I'm not a fan of fun publications um, of their custom. Not their. It's funny. I want to say of their customer service, which is 
in a way, it's it's their organizational customer service mm-hmm. um, because their phone customer service is actually really good <laughs> when you, when you call up if you have a problem. But mm-hmm. uh, um, their just inability to address issues that have now been part of their running of the convention for ten years, um, such as the two hour pre registration lines and and just you know little things that could easily be avoided if they had just if they would just jump into the modern age as far as their technology goes. Um, and then there's, you know, some other things that uh, we probably won't go into here, but just <laughs> historical. Th- I mean, I can, if you want to ask me, I can, but you I know, I, uh, really, let's save it. Let's tease it. Show. Yeah. Let's tease it. Cause that could be a whole other show. And honestly, you know, I don't, um, I don't get into this conversation often, if ever with people, but I think you and I have a, an ability to do it in kind of a, a professional way. A mature way, absolutely, and, and also a frank way. Um, but let's tease it because that's going to be a must listen when we really get into it. I will say this: uh, I mean, anybody can go into Twitter and kind of like poke around. Uh, go to my Twitter tweets. and poke around. It's it a, a big <laughs> argument. Actually, maybe a few. Um, and, and you know, I think they're honestly all legit. I'll say this, uh, and then we'll you know we'll go to the the fun stuff or the the stuff that makes Ant Ant. Um, I give I give Fun Pub. I give FunPub a lot more slack than some people, maybe even a little bit more than, frankly, they deserve. Like, you know, I've kind of chosen to give them the slack just because I choose it, not necessarily because they've earned it. Uh, the one thing that I would say with FunPub that I wish, I wish that they would be a little bit more open with, um, with when they're criticized. Yeah. I, I, they, I feel like they would just, if they could just talk. Talk it out. Just share. Yeah, I think that's the core of the issue is that they mm-hmm. – and this goes back to I think year one is that they won't admit when they're wrong. Right. And I think that has snowballed into some other things. And I think we can – I can probably sum up this whole thing, the whole feeling of BotCon for me and as far for, about FunPub in something um, our mutual friend Alan Young uh, wrote on Twitter recently mm-hmm. right after the BotCon uh, location news broke he's like it you know that botcon hearing news about botcon now makes him sad because of who's not going for various reasons yeah and i you know <clears throat> i agree with that sentiment and um everybody has like little nuanced reasons for not going but uh i'm not going to i, I would not deny that um, the way it's been managed in the last 10 years mainly the last five years i would say that is a contributing factor i don't think anybody can deny that it's just like how much of a factor you believe or personally, you know, let it be for you. There's no way that's not a factor. Um, so, and that's a shame. So anyway, anyway, um, look forward to that fellas, kids. Uh, we're going to do a BotCon centric mini cast down the road for sure. Um, so Ant, let's yeah. talk about, let's talk about the site, man. Okay. Let's yeah. talk about TFU.info. Um, it's been around for a while, so you know. Tell me how long it's been around, and tell me why you started it. Because it's a big, it's a big mamma jamma at this point. It is. It's it's so big. It's like you know. I'm look. I'm trying to look to see where I, I'm on the page now, looking at my copyright to remember when I launched. Um, so the site has been up since 2002. Um, I was probably working on it in 2001. Um, how it came about is is kind of a, a funny story in that uh, back in the all Transformers, all Dot Toys Not Transformers days, um, the question would arise probably every three months or so. Someone would post, "Why isn't there a Transformers site like YoJo.com?" Nice. And and that 
that became the basis. And I would talk about it with friends. And actually, um, the impetus for the site starting, uh, for, or at least for me doing the site, was um, we can kind of contribute it to two people, both of which uh, you know, and one's pretty well. Actually, if you listen to the minicast, at least one of them's known to the fandom. So, um, uh, to this group at large. And that's, um, I was on Ouija, which is our old IRC chat room that we used to hang out in. And I believe it was Graham who said to, I said, you know, why doesn't someone make a website like yojo.com for Transformers? And he said, why don't you do it? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, why don't I do it? Yeah, <laughs> so, pretty direct. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much how that started. And then also, um, Rob Gerbracht, who used to be involved with the um, OTFCC, he was one of the writers on the, the OTFCC comic. He was known um, on ATT as Tengu, uh, also referenced in Beast Wars as uh, he got his name, he got a name drop from the writers there. He, um, he and I talked. He used to run Transformers Multiverse, which was the online home of the Marvel Transformers Universe profiles. And uh, he he was actually we lived near each other, so we we would talk every now and again. And I think I was talking to him at Bacon because we were on the same flight going back to New York. And uh, I kind of pitched through the idea, and he's like, "Yeah, I've been thinking about that, but it's a lot of work." And then I sent him, I kind of like made up a draft code of one of the uh, the pages at that point, and like mm-hmm. straight HTML, straight hand coded, which is not really uh, not really my forte, but it was, <laughs> it was you know then I kind of was a little sharper on it and. Uh, He's like, you're way further ahead of this than me. You should keep going with it. And um, I think from the encouragement of those two people, like that's how the site was born. And then, it, and then I was unemployed for a long time. So it, I finished college and I was unemployed. So I had a lot of time to work on the site. Sweet. That's when like your that's when your hobby like blossoms. Yeah, yeah. When you're on the soup line. Um, so how do you or how did you kind of strategize or go about? beginning such like a large library like where do you start like how do you start like with content wise like did you have like did you have a strategy or did you like just look at your collection it's like well this is what i'm going to start with how did that go about well um combination of of that looking at my collection which was was fairly sizable um at the time and still is uh a lot of it's in storage but uh uh and looking at what i had on display because i had about 20 shelves split up by series and faction. So I had it pretty well organized as far as the shelving went. And I would, a part of that plan was photograph a shelf a day. And so I would, I would pull down, I'm like, if I do that, I am done in a month. Hmm. So I would pull down an entire shelf. I would take photos of everything, uh, transform everything, photograph that, and then put everything back. And then that would be, you know, day one. Um, some shelves took longer than others, um, and so so it took about a month initially, and then I had to figure out how I was going to organize all the information. Um, if you remember back in the ATT days, the information's kind of scattered about the internet. I mean, there was some great sources. There was M Cipher's um, mm-hmm. variations list that mm-hmm. was uh, a big deal back then, and um, there was the Prime Saber Prime Saber had a page with catalog scans and. I think where else? And then there was Steve Stonebreaker's FAC, and that's probably the, like the the bulk of where I got all my information from. And it was just figuring out how to then organize it and then put it into uh, and design it into a website. Um, from there, and then I had to figure out okay, I don't have I have a lot of Transformers, but I certainly didn't even near have nearly half of what was out back in two thousand two. 
or 2001. Um, so I had to figure out where the rest of the photos were coming from. So my, my main idea, I think I launched the site in late 2002 with a, basically a call to people on ATT mm. and everyone saying, hey, here's a list of what's missing. Let's, let's fill this out. And then the rest became picture submissions. And uh, I got emailed a lot of pictures. Uh, M, actually, M. Cypher was a big help in the early days of sending a lot of stuff, a lot of Japanese stuff that he owned at the time. And uh, also Maz from TF Source, uh, who was over, who's over in Europe, and he was uh, a big help in sending a bunch of stuff as well. So between those two guys, I got hundreds of photos. And then a couple other people, Rapido from G2, the G2 archive sent me, he basically sent me a CD with, here, here's all my photos. Use nice. Them. And uh, yeah, so there was, a, there was a bunch of people that helped. And there's, ever since then, since 2002, there's always been people that send pictures that are a big help. And it's actually... I mean, it's it's a big help now. Um, there's a, I, I figured out how many entries are missing from the site at this point because the line has gotten so big in the U.S. and in Asia and in Japan individually that there's more missing on the site now as far as missing entries than there were entries on the original site in 2002. Wow. Uh, I was gonna actually going to ask you about that because, I mean, back in, back in the early 2000s, the list of like every year, the list of transformers that were released in a year is fairly short list or at least a manageable list. And mm-hmm. it was even like possible. It was a pipe dream for basically everybody, but it wasn't impossible to have a complete collection of like transformers that had been rele- released maybe like in Japan and U S you know, don't go crazy with like Europe or South America, but having like a complete collection was a possibility in theory certainly having like the list of everything we've known to be released was something that you could like read and like comprehend that's not the case anymore so how do you so now is it basically leaning a lot harder on submissions just because of the the variety and the the depth every year of the releases yeah yeah it's certainly it's certainly leaning a lot on submissions for um either lines I don't collect or um, you know, international stuff, Japanese toys especially. Um, they get It gets tricky getting a lot. I actually just started a thing earlier this year, I believe, and it was just kind of the 2,000 Images Challenge, which is uh, linked on every page of the site mm-hmm. with just the full list of, hey, this is all the stuff that's missing. If you can help out, great. You know, Send your photos here. Here's how we do it. Um, and I say always say we, but it's really just me. Um, <laughs> and and it's funny because I just recently moved, and so the site hasn't been updated since, updated since May. And uh, I have a pile of stuff I've picked up in the last uh, four or five months. And the funny thing is, like I'm look, I went through this morning knowing that uh, we would be chatting, and I was like, let me just update the the help page and take anything off that I know I'm photographing. And I took off about 20 things, and then I realized I have about 60 entries that didn't even make the help list because they're just that new. Or, you know, like, I mean, I should say 60, but some of them are like the San Diego Comic Con Creo set, which is 30 entries in itself. Um, and some of the other things that have come out in the last six months that uh, are just not there. Um, so, yeah, but to back to your question, yeah, leaning leaning heavily on submissions is is something that happens it seems to happen sporadically like i get a bunch at once and then i don't hear anything from anyone for three four months at a time uh so that's one of those things like it's hard to promote too because the the fandom is so big now and so fractured 
and um, so you kind of you try to get people's attention in various places, and it's it's just hard to get to get um, to get a response. Like, cause, and it's funny because you'll be on Facebook or a Facebook group, and people post pictures all the time, but to get someone to snap five photos of one toy is just, just <laughs> like an impossibility. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's weird that you can't get people to. Uh... I mean, these days people will submit and kind of – they basically run their own, like, life the way they want to. Like, to get somebody to, like, just devote 10 minutes of their life to something that they didn't pre-plan or something that doesn't, like – it's just not part of the plan for the day. That's mm-hmm. really hard these days. Absolutely. And actually, you – thank you because you sent me um, Jetfire photos a couple months back. Yeah, right? The um, Generations or whatever Takara the- calls it. Yeah, the Japanese version of the uh, Generations Jetfire. So if you go on the site, you'll see John's uh, John's toy there. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, you know what can I say? I, I couldn't stomach the chrome. Sorry, sorry guys. <laughs> uh, that and that is <clears throat> that's a pretty good mold. Um, now that you mention it, I, I don't I don't hate it. It, it is one of those that um, I've had this discussion with other people. It's weird that we're at a point now where even though the first Generations Jetfire seven years ago, which you know an eight year old these days. <laughs> They're one or, you know, kids that maybe are exposed to the one that came out in the last couple of years. They weren't born when the first one came out, but still for like collectors and this is targeted for to collectors it's starting to feel like generations is kind of like folding into itself because we're getting like we're getting these characters again and we still have the memory and hell a lot of us have them still on display like the first iterations. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It, it's kind of like eating itself. If you're a collector, it, it's it's weird to say it feels too soon, but in some ways it kind of feels like too soon. But um, it, it does, and it's funny because you can see they're they're leaning heavily on the eighty four eighty five class, yes, to a point where they can't anymore, and uh, it's almost like they don't know where to go. But it's it's funny, like I don't know how Star Star Wars fans do it. Like, mm. how many Luke Skywalkers do you do you really want? At some point? <laughs> it's like I searched on Toys R Us the other day because I was looking for. Um, Clash of the Transformers stuff because it's on sale mm-hmm. as well at the time of this recording at least. And I'm like, let me look for the Optimus Prime. So I searched Optimus Prime and 65 different things came up. Man. And that blows my mind, number one, because in, when we started in this fandom, like, you couldn't find one Optimus Prime yeah, thing. Right? Was, like, new. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Machine Wars was the only Optimus out when I joined the, when, when I started posting online about Transformers. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it, well, and you know what's crazy about that too is like back when we were when we were doing this in the uh, late '90s and such, like the G1 designs, like it it just wasn't a thing to like resurrect them. You know what I mean? Right. Like we had just moved on completely aesthetically. You wouldn't even have like thought, well, they're going to bring them back, like as as close as they possibly can. They're going to bring them back. That was like that was something that people would troll about on ATT because that was just not going to happen. And now that's the only thing that happens, it's yeah. just it's just G one Optimus Prime or or whoever in slightly different iterations or, or variations, but it's it's him and it's it feels like it's never gonna not be him because that's the way the toy world works now. Um, well, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, just like aesthetically, it feels like not only are we using the same characters over and over again, but aesthetically. It's like it is like it's like Luke Skywalker a hundred times. I mean, what are your thoughts, especially on a site that tries to archive all this? What are your feelings on that? Um, it's a little exhausting as a fan and as someone who has to archive this kind of stuff. Um, but I would say, offhand, like it's I understand it's kind of like a necessary part to grow the fandom, mm-hmm. to grow for the younger kids, you know. But 
on the other hand, it's it, it it's I don't know. I have so many different feelings about it because it's funny in a way. Because it's funny that we're as a fandom now arguing over you know whether or not Hasbro will do a Chrome Dome figure, <laughs> right? <laughs> Where back in the nineties, everyone was like, "Who that?" You know, oh, Chrome Dome. He's one of those G two guys, right? And yeah, or like this ancient guy there. in a catalog scan. Yeah, and and now it's like, well, I mean, part of it has to do with how good the comics are, I think, too, which mm-hmm. is a help, a big help as far as developing characters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things with Hasbro's marketing I don't understand as far as uh, R.I.D. goes, because um, they introduce all these fantastic evil characters, and we're not seeing toys of any of them. Um, but offhand, with with like the Optimuses and the Bumblebees, it's like we've hit a saturation point. And I think in this day and age, they're going to have to realize at some point that, um, as Patton Oswalt once said, everything's available everywhere forever. And yes. and that's kind of the world we live in now in that if a parent wants to get their kid an Optimus Prime toy from five years ago, it's very easy to go on eBay and hunt one down. Um, it's very easy to find basically anything um, online that you would like to purchase that you missed out on. Whereas when we were kids, like... You had to think like, how am I? Am I gonna? You know, if I had a time machine, I'd go back and buy all <laughs> right. this stuff. Um, but it's gone forever, like in yeah, our heads. In our heads, and now it's like, well, everything is available everywhere. So it's like you can just go online and get something. So that mentality has to eventually carry into how the toy line is designed—not designed in the physical sense, but how the marketing strategy is is laid out for those toy lines and. Hopefully they'll. I feel like they're getting away from it a little bit in R.I.D. by having Bumblebee as the leader, and I think that's that's a good step. Mm-hmm. And then also in the comics where you have such a non-prime focus on the characters for the mm-hmm. most part. I mean, um, you know, as some of the guys on R.F.C. say, like Prime is one of the worst characters in the comics, and it, you want to read anything that he's not involved in for the most part, and um, that that hopefully will translate outward to the toy line. Um, it may take longer than we think, but uh, I think that will hopefully go out that way. And then with the movies coming up and the expanded movie verse, like we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens because I imagine they'll focus on other characters. Hopefully they'll focus on having characters and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. But I think that's that's the future as far as that goes. You know, it's really interesting that, uh, that you talk about kind of like the um, the really nebulous progression of time and, and just the way things just don't seem to like move forward and <clears throat> things aren't like lost and forgotten. It's just all kind of like piling onto each other. Like a real quick example of that is so some friends of ours, some friends of my wife and I's, they have a kid who's like, I think he's about six, maybe seven. And uh, he was having a birthday coming up and he wanted a Transformers birthday party, <clears throat> which isn't unusual, but he wanted a G1 Transformers theme party because he had gotten into the cartoon when it was on Netflix and to him that was his Transformers and on the rare times he would come over and kind of see see my collection or bits and pieces of it he recognized almost all these characters because I have the generations ones from you know 10 years ago the seven eight years ago out and they look you know close enough to the G1 cartoon models where he he recognized them and those were his Transformers and his parents they had to go on like Etsy and they had to do arts and crafts and like print out like pictures of G1 box art. And they had to like cobble together his birthday party because they don't have G1 birthday party stuff just like everywhere. 
Um, but that kind of speaks to like all of this, like all of this is available like right now, somehow, somewhere. And this is just, you know, this kid just picked up on a 30 year old cartoon and he's chosen that as his version of the Transformers and he likes it. <clears throat> but now it's like, where do you go for like merchandise for stuff like that? You know, right. so that's really hard for Hasbro. I'm sure to like, I mean, there's no right answer. You just kind of try to like navigate it as best you can. But, um, but yeah, you're right. It's interesting. Nothing's forgotten and nothing feels like out of date because it's all like current and now and accessible. I thought that was really, I thought that was really interesting. They would like, they would call me up and like consult me on like, he talks about this character. What does this character look like? And they would like, and I would like Google image search stuff to them and make sure that they were printing out the right version of these. Cause again, like now if you Google Grimlock, you get about eight looks you know what i mean like there's yeah. eight eight or nine different grimlocks well which one is he like into which one is his grimlock none of them are an excavator none of them are an excavator <laughs> no yes that is that is not the right one for sure um so well let me ask you this uh going back to like the site and just kind of the expansion of everything being released these days i know when you and i were you know back in the day you and i if we weren't completists uh whatever transformers we bought was part of the main line which was the only line released in a, in a year now you've got at least uh, two or three i would say what are you collecting right now and specifically are you into or not so into rid from a toy line standpoint so so what are you collecting like aggressively or trying to be you know close to a completist or you know just like buying regularly and then what are you not feeling um that they're releasing right now so um that's that that's a multi-layered question and there's one thing i just want to point out that mm -hmm. i always find it, especially in recent years, and this goes back to the Bakhtan conversation, um, that if you think about the main line of Transformers in, from, probably from, say, 96 through, I don't know, early RID, original RID, so 2001, mm -hmm. 2002, we get about as many figures from Bakhtan or Fun Pub in a given year as we did in an entire year from Hasbro in any of those given years. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean that—that's to put. I think that puts everything in perspective in terms of the scale of the line. Like, you get about roughly if you start counting individual mini cons or partner figures that come with stuff at Botcon, and then the Creos, you're talking about twenty, twenty-five figures just from the convention, and then you tack in the two club toys, the free toy, the six, you know, subscription figures, and you're talking over thirty figures for one year from one from a second-party producer. Um, so to answer your other question, um, it, it gets tricky because there are things I collect for me and then there are things I will look to buy because I know I need photos for, for the website. Um, so there's things like I'll look after the fact or hopefully at like a five below or, um, a big lots, that kind of thing, or Marshall's, um, see what they've gotten as their, you know, clear out stuff to see if I need it for the site. Um, even in that, like I just... Oh, photographed a bunch of the new, well, the second wave and third and fourth wave of power battlers that are showing up at Five Below and Marshalls. Um, speaking of which, the Optimus Sword Slash figure is one of the goofiest, terrible, great toys <laughs> in history. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it has a second set of arms that come out from behind his his back when you squeeze the legs that swing the sword. I have seen it. Oh, oh my a god, piece it's so of art! Bad. It's a piece it's, of art. 
it's one of those things that Kilby needs to own. I am, I'm just telling you <laughs> now. And Kilby, when you listen to this, you need to own that, and you need to own the uh, marching band Grimlock that they made for that line. Too. <laughs> um, so there's that. Personally, uh, I'm big on the Combiner War stuff. Uh, that it, that's actually what I'm opening now uh, to photograph is probably the last two waves of Combiner Wars. Um, unfortunately, I don't like that they're reusing the molds so much, but I, you guys have gone into that a lot on the show, um, and I couldn't agree more. Like, It's not so much that they shouldn't be reusing the molds, but they should be spreading them out a bit. Uh, as far as RID goes, I'm just starting to collect it, um, just the Warrior class for the most part, um, because I'm so in love with the show. I just act before this, uh, before we taped this, I just watched, uh, the f- finale for the, for the season and, and I'm just all in, I'm all into the show now. So it's, it's, it's big deal for me. So, uh, the toys are actually a lot of fun, even though they're fairly simple. I don't mind simple as long as it fits the size. I think that's the other thing I had. The one issue I have with, with some of the mainline transformer toys and some of the store exclusives is that they charge, they charge based on size, not necessarily based on value. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those, yeah, it's one of those things that kind of irks me. Like um, when they did "You're the was it You're the Horse" Star Scream, yeah, that came out last year, and it's like it's Supreme Star Scream at twice the price he was originally, <laughs> and there's been nothing changed and nothing altered, and it's not that complex a toy. You're just you're paying for extra plastic at that point, and. Uh, same thing with the upcoming. Uh, like I'm worried to see what that new Optimus Primal that uh, kind of leaked the other day was uh, is going to run because that's that was originally a thirty or forty dollar toy in retail, and I mean it should, it's going to be like an eighty or ninety dollar toy, even though the value of the dollar hasn't shifted that much in the last ten years. Yeah, I was going to say for sure. Like I just eyeballing it. That's like give or take a hundred dollar toy for sure. Yeah, but it's just because it's in a bigger box, not because it's necessarily a better toy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess, uh, you know, uh, bravo Toys R Us, I guess. They've kind of trained their uh, <laughs> trained their customers to think bigger is more expensive just because it's bigger. Um, going back to RID. Yeah. So it's really interesting that you're um, that you're that you're wholesale into the cartoon. I'm I'm probably about six or seven episodes in. The rest is sitting on my DVR. <clears throat> so I need to catch it up, catch up with it. Um it gets better as it goes along. It's a little hard early on. I'm sure it is. You know, that was my one thing with like some of the early episodes. It was a little bit of a slow burn, but I could see it. I could definitely see something in it. And uh, actually, Graham, I know, is into it too. He's pretty loyal to it. So maybe the three of us can get together and chat once I catch up on the first season. Let me ask you this though. Uh, I mean, you like the um, you like the show a lot. The toys, at least in in our world, people like us, it's a real kind of love hate thing. You know, some people aren't kind of digging how they're treating it at the toy level. So specifically, what I mean, what do you think's working and not working with Robots in Disguise as a toy line? Hmm. Um. Well, as a toy line, I feel the the, the big the big thing that's not working, and I I and actually I think Graham told me this through you know, vicariously through Walkie that kids don't buy. Um bad guy toys which i find odd because there's a severe lack of villains in the toy line at at the warrior scale and 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 even at some of the other scales like uh there there's a lot of the show itself is kind of kind of got this it's i don't want to say pokemon feel because that's that's not right but it is kind of a we have to catch all the villains kind of thing so the, all these people escape let's catch them here's your villain of the week and you spend a half hour introducing this character whoever he or she may be 
and then there's no merchandising on the end on the other end. And the funny thing is, this show itself appeals to me as probably as a child of the '80s and '90s. I'm, every time I watch it, I'm, I want I want to go out and buy that guy, and, and I can't. And it's almost like frustrating that that you can't do that. Um, I think that's the bigger downfall of the toy. As far as the toy designs go, they're simple, but they're fun. I mean, they're meant for kids. So mm-hmm. I have a very, I have a very loose, um, it, it's scale for stuff like that. It's like, I want to see it work. I want to, you know, if mm-hmm. the likeness is close, cause probably cause I'm a G1 kid. So like, you know, um, I don't need the likeness to be dead on to the show per se, but I, you know, I, I like when it's close and I like when they're kind of. I am kind of getting into them being in scale to each other. Mm-hmm. So the Legends class fix it kind of fits in nicely. And then the uh, I might buy that Japanese uh, Grimlock of the repaint of the uh, Grimlock, the G1, well, the Fall of Cybertron Grimlock mold uh, for scale, which is uh, pretty sweet looking. So with the, with, the, uh, with the show being kind of like not not a commercial, but at the same time, like, it is a commercial. Like it has to be. A, it's a commercial whether it wants to be or not. Like for the toys, that kind of makes me think of like Hasbro now. Hasbro's stance these days is kind of like we're not necessarily a toy company, but an entertainment company and an IP company. And our job is to build like the value of Transformers and My Little Pony and Nerf and all these things into just kind of pump resources into the brands and make the brands valuable, and then all the pieces kind of fall in place as far as like gener- generating revenue, but there's not like this progression or even necessarily like, like a center of gravity to them. Like back in the eighties and the nineties and really up until maybe 10 years ago, the center of gravity with transformers obviously were the toys. So like you're saying, like the, the show was written and, and constructed in a way to sell toys, the way rid is constructed and written. You would assume it's a, it's to sell toys and, to showcase these villains, which you would assume would be on the shelf when you go to the store the next day. Um, do you think, do you think the way the show is written, do you think there, I mean, there should be villains on, on, on the shelves. Do you think, even though maybe historically bad guys sell at a lower rate, the way Rid is constructed and written, I mean, do you think they're missing an opportunity by not having the villains out there? Absolutely. I mean, it's not a look. It's not a. It used to be one to one. It'd be like half the case assortment. It'd be three heroes, three villains in in you know deluxe class. In the warrior class, you're talking. Was there? There's been four waves and one villain. And then, okay, so there's there are replacement figures in each wave where it's not a whole new wave each time. But there's only Steeljaw at the warrior class level. So the, the you're talking Grimlock, Strongarm, Prime, Bumblebee. Jazz and and sideswipe to one, and that and drift. So you're talking seven, eight Autobots to one Decepticon toy on the shelves, and I think that's that's the real downfall. It's like okay, so I think the numbers are skewed too far to one side as far as what's available there. Um, also, you figure as someone who's worked, yeah, you know, as I I used to work in the entertainment industry, so. There's a thing about synergy that you you know they kind of teach you in college and they kind of teach you that it's a dirty word but it exists and for something like this like for something that you're trying to have a show that promotes a toy and to- promotes an app and promotes IP that you kind of all want it to work together well there's there's something clearly missing at the core because even if you want kids to play the the app and scan the toys and do that you're still missing characters and toys in them to scan um on the the one end of the spectrum 
Yeah, totally. And that's a big deal. Like, I mean, the show's making the villains obviously a big deal. And I like the villains too. Like, I'm right there with you. Like that. Like they were interesting. They were fun. I think the last episode I saw was the Thunderhoof episode. Okay. Um, awesome. He's fun. He's great. I like his design. He's. I mean, he's got. He's a funny concept. Entertaining concept. We're just now kind of getting around to him. You know, like on the shelves in one way or another. It's a shame, for sure. Um, so, uh, and to like wrap this up, do you have anything specific that you would like to? reach out to our listeners uh, as far as the site goes. Are there any specific needs or anything about the site that you would like to point out to them? Or do you want them just to go to tfu.info and kick the tires? What do we need to know about the site? Uh, yes, to all of that. But uh, <laughs> I would say yes. Um, first off, please swing by tfu.info, check out the site, um, use it as much as you can. I know the wiki's out there, and I love the wiki, and they link to it pretty much every page on my site, which... Uh, uh, Monzo and Walkie deserve a lot of credit for uh, being awesome for that. Um, but, you know, it, the photo help uh, link at the top of every page. Uh, we, we're still doing the 2000 Images Challenge, so if, if people have photos, and I guarantee you, if you look at that page, there's something in your collection that uh, I need a photograph of, even if it's just a part or a gun or someone's alternate mode. Uh, so if you can just swing by that and take a look, take a look at the photo guidelines. They're not terribly complex. If you have a couple pieces of uh, white printer paper, you're already ready to go. And uh, and just uh, send you know send those photos into info at tfu.info. Uh, that's the big push. Uh, I would love to try to get this site closer to complete than it is right now. And uh, given the the breadth and scope of the line of this. At this point, um, that's getting harder and harder to do. So I, I just need fans to reach out and just don't even ask me if I need them. Just send them, and uh, I will write you back. I will thank you profusely, and uh, I will use them if I need them. Uh, and that's it. And then catch me on Twitter at uh, tfu underscore info. So if you always we'll do we do a lot of the event coverage here in New York. So uh, we'll be at New York Comic Con. We'll be at the Hasbro party beforehand um, coming up, and uh, you know we always do Toy Fair in February as well. Excellent. Uh, hey, Ant, thanks for joining me. Let's do it again. Absolutely, John. Hey, guys, before I go, I want to remind you. Uh, oh, is this the nickel and dimes part? You bet. It's All the right. nickel and dimes part. Um, you know what? Amazon makes enough money. Why don't they give us some nickels and dimes? And, and, they, and they can do that. And some shackles. And some, um, I don't know, some bison bucks. And some Optimus dollars and you know some Aaron Archer um uh I'm running out of like international currency help me out ant what do um, you know I, I don't know what uh, Brian could use maybe some Disney dollars do they still do those uh sure I'm sure they do <laughs> um anyway some um oh crap man I gotta think of something tokens euros rubles euros rubles yes some bread some dough some cash some moolah some cheese some cheddar some lira some lira yes um some uh eh, whatever fat, you get the fat idea stacks for brian yes fat stacks yeah we you know what if we can make it possible for brian to make it rain in any context let's do it and we need your help we need you to go to tfradio.net and click the amazon link and once you do you don't have to buy anything extra or anything more but do your shopping and when you check out some nickels and dimes or some currency of his choice, go into Brian Kilby's pocket. And he uses those to keep the podcasts going, flowing, and free. We appreciate it. And we wouldn't be here without you listeners. So go to tfradio.net. Click the Amazon link. 
and you are supporting us without having to do anything extra. What is better than that? So guys, until next time, this is John DeLuna and Ant, and we will see you on the next RFC Minicast. See ya. Music provided by bensound.com.